All right now, you're listening to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bronin, just a fed up taxpayer bringing you all of your Texas local and national news. Welcome to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I am Bronin, your host. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Or if you are joining the Real Texas Radio Podcast for the first time, 1,000 welcomes. Please make sure to like, subscribe, follow from whatever platform you're listening into. You can also follow me on Twitter at RTR underscore Bronin. I am going to kick off the show today discussing a few local Texas issues. I want to talk about the Catholic Bishop Strickland out in East Texas and Tyler, who was recently relieved of his leadership duties. And I also want to discuss some of the controversy going on at Love Field Airport in Dallas. So first, Bishop Strickland, he was in the leadership of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, which is East Texas, not too far from Dallas, I think about maybe 80 miles from Dallas or so heading toward Louisiana. And Bishop Strickland found himself in open confrontation with the Holy See himself, Pope Francis. And Strickland was tweeting about basically saying that the Pope was too liberal, too progressive, and that he didn't agree with the views of the Pope, essentially. And so uh, there are a lot of Catholic people out in that area, out in Tyler, who are upset. And over the weekend on Saturday, they organized and they held a rosary procession uh, in support of the Bishop Strickland. So he he hasn't been kicked out of the priesthood or anything like that. And dare, dare I even get into all of the things that one can do and still not be thrown out of the priesthood in in the last 20 years or so, 25 years that have really come to light in the United States. I won't even get into it. So Pope Francis, he's been the Pope for about a decade, and he came in and, and there were all these accolades about him in the mainstream media when he was first elected Pope because he was going to be this progressive guy and and he's made some nice comments about the LGBTQ population. And even more recently, he's made positive remarks about the transgenders. But there are no, you you can't be a woman priest, of course, That, that that's way too radical having a woman priest, even though the most conservative Christian sects in the United States. They can have women ministers and women pastors and Judaism, which precedes Christianity. They can have female rabbis, maybe not in the, in the most conservative sects of Judaism. But in any case, this Bishop Strickland, you know, I, I don't really know who to side with here, or I, I don't really have a strong opinion about it. I'm just sharing this as it was kind of the big story last week in the Texas press, and it did make national news, but the Pope, he is the the final word in terms of the Catholic Church. And it's not a democracy, it's Catholicism. And the Pope, right, he's essentially the king, and his word goes. And so 
everybody else needs to fall in line. It's militant in that sense. So this guy, Bishop Strickland, he knew the risks, openly criticizing the boss, and now he is suffering the consequences. They brought in another a priest, I don't know much about him, to basically take over the leadership in Tyler, in the interim at least, until they figure out a, a longer-term solution. All right, moving right along, I want to talk about Love Field Airport, which is in Dallas, and it's also the hub of Southwest Airlines. It's a small airport. It's got just one terminal, 20 gates, 18 of the gates are operated by Southwest. Delta Airlines has a gate, and Alaska Airlines, which absorbed Virgin, also has a gate. And then there is also a very heavy private jet traffic over at Love Field. JSX, which is a semi-private airline, they operate as their headquarters, Love Field, and I think there are some other similar outfits. And it's it's very popular, it's very convenient, Love Field, rather than if you have to go to DFW. For example, if, if you live in Dallas proper, you can get a pretty cheap Uber to Love Field. And there's public transit, of course, and there is public transit to DFW, brings you right into Terminal A, but Love Field can be, can really shave some time off of basically getting to the airport and getting back from the airport rather than going all the way out to DFW. And traffic has basically exploded at Love Field in the last decade. Until I think about 2013 or 2014, in order to use Love Field, in order to fly in or out of Love Field, the plane had to be traveling to or from a state bordering Texas. So Oklahoma, Louisiana, New Mexico, for example. And it's a domestic airport. There is no international travel. But it's very coveted to be able to get a gate, to be able to fly into Love Field. Southwest, they are barred from expanding to DFW for another two or three years under the current agreement that they have with, I don't know who, the city of Dallas, the state of Texas, the FAA. And they are, basically they have to wait, I think, until 2025 to have gates in DFW airport. And that may mean that they have to give up some gates at Love Field, which I don't think they would prefer to do. So anyway, Love Field, even though it has... Basically, the traffic, the last time I looked, it has, it's right up there with LaGuardia Airport in New York City, if you can believe that. I think it might have maybe Love Field services, 6 million passengers a year, and LaGuardia, 7 million, or you can check my math on that. But it's one of, I think, the top two or three busiest midsize airports in the country. So if you live anywhere near the airport, you're living in Uptown, you're living in Oak Lawn, you're living in Highland Park, in the Love Field neighborhood itself, then you're you're hearing air traffic all day long. Sometimes it, it there is a plane coming in, it seems, every minute or going out 
and coming in every minute and most of them the vast majority southwest and it's those boeing 737s which are the loudest so there is a love field committee i believe they call themselves and basically residents of oaklawn and highland park which is the richest community in the state of texas for those of you who aren't familiar highland park which borders oaklawn there have been a lot of complaints recently coming out of that committee. And one of the chief complaints is that there is a voluntary curfew in place at Love Field, which this curfew has been in place since the 1980s, that states that no planes can take off. You can't schedule flights out of Love Field beyond 11 p.m. That's the curfew. So That isn't the big problem. The problem is flights are really not supposed to be landing. I think it's between 11 and 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. or maybe 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. Flights are not supposed to be landing after 11 p.m. either. But the airline industry, as we all know, especially those of us who fly on a even a casual semi-frequent basis, we know delays are just part of the industry, right? If you know, if you take th- you know 3 or 4 or 5 flights, chances are at least one or two of them are going to be delayed, hopefully not long, but it it can be hours and then that can completely ruin the schedule for the rest of the day for that aircraft, which however many stops they're making. So, if a flight is is scheduled to depart late but land at Love Field, it is going to land after 11 p.m. And so it's pretty typical to have eight flights land after 11 p.m. at Love Field, but this Love Field committee has been complaining to the city councilors of Dallas that there have been more than eight flights on a pretty regular basis landing at Love Field. And so they put forward all of these proposals that are unrealistic and preposterous and and not going to happen because the FAA needs to sign off on any changes or modifications to flight schedules for safety reasons and for it's it's mostly safety reasons, of course. But, you know, I did read that Boeing was supposed to be delivering now these 737 aircrafts it's what the vast majority of planes delivered are now if if you get on a domestic flight in the united states you're on a 737 it's the single aisle three seats on each side of the aisle and then the competitor airbus which is the french direct competitor of us boeing they've basically got a very similar model the the uh, A321 or the 321neo same thing single aisle three seats on each side of the aisle but i have read although i have a hard time believing that this is true that any of these newer 737s being delivered are supposed to be 50% quieter i mean that seems impossible and especially the the landing and takeoff that's where it's making the the biggest quality of life 
issues in terms of the sound. So yeah, I hear the planes all day. And for the most part, I tune it out. They don't wake me up at night or anything like that. I actually replaced all of the windows in my house earlier this year, which has been great. It's mostly tuned out the street noise. I didn't even realize how bad the street noise was until I got the windows replaced and how much quieter it, it would, how much quieter the house was. And if even out in the parking lot, if somebody slammed their door shut, my old windows would rattle. Unbelievable. They would, you know, they'd totally frost up in the winter and just this single pane original windows from the 1960s you know they served their purpose for what 70 years 60 years but it was time it made a big difference so one of the proposals from this love field committee is to basically get hundreds of millions of dollars to insulate and soundproof over 5,000 homes that are in the Love Field area. And so, uh, which okay, that might sound crazy on the face of it, but Boston, Massachusetts has dealt with a similar problem and a much louder population. And I, I assume ultimately it was the federal government who would have at least supplemented the money to pay for that remediation, but a lot of homeowners in South Boston and in East Boston, I believe, they got money to replace their windows, soundproof their homes. And, you know, a lot of urban airports, they get these complaints, right? LaGuardia, I think even the planes at LaGuardia, they have to ascend a lot faster than the FAA would prefer. It basically, in order to reduce some of the noise in the neighborhood. But do you know what? These Highland Park people, if you, if you, if the residents of Highland Park, the movers and shakers of the state of Texas, or some of them anyway, if they can't get it done, then uh, what's the point of even getting involved? The other piece is. If you're curious, when was Love Field established, ladies and gentlemen? During World War I, 1917. Since 1917, planes have been flying out of Love Field. And the airport, it has just gotten busier ever since. And if you moved into Highland Park or Oaklawn or Uptown or anywhere within earshot of Love Field Airport after 2013. That means that you knew that Love Field was a huge, highly trafficked, growing domestic airport with 20 gates, the hub of Southwest. And so basically the airport was there first is what I'm trying to say. And according to the Dallas Morning News, Love Field is credited with with over five or maybe as much as six billion dollars of revenue coming into this area each year that is huge money of course there you know it's the children the, ch the children they can't sleep at night they're being kept up if you can't afford to soundproof your home in highland park well 
I'll, I'll have to just extend my sympathies and leave it at that. But you know what? The airport was there first. So I really don't know what to do about it. I, I do ultimately think that air travel, I think that's one of the goals to try to make it quiet. I know that the, any plans around electric aircraft, well, you see how well it's going with individual passenger cars. You can imagine how many batteries you'd need to get in a plane to be able to fly it for even one hour without having a recharge. Can you imagine that? But anyway, I know they're, I know the uh, brainiacs of the world, the Silicon Valley people, I know they're having a good time testing it out and the military is testing it out. But I think we're a long time away from having any kind of 737 or A321neo electric planes. I don't want to get too much into national issues today. When I think about presidential debates, quote unquote debates, or the Trump civil case, or Israel Palestine, or Ukraine, or Hunter Biden laptop, it it upsets me so much. And you know the the situation in Israel Palestine, it, it just it drives me insane how involved the United States is. And I know we hear all of our good conservative Christian leaders telling us. Oh, that Israel, it's our only partner in the Middle East, our only real ally in the Middle East, our only friend in the Middle East. We hear that all the time. How many billions of dollars have we provided to Israel in demonstration of our commitment and friendship? How many U.S. taxpayer dollars in the billions have we given to Israel to show our friendship? How many, how many billions of dollars, for that matter, have we given to Iran, our enemy, for that matter, if, 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 if we want to go down that road. So I think that we have shown our friendship a lot. And these people in Gaza, these Palestinians, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea what they're going to do. Nobody wants them. And you know what? I know, I'm sure there's a, a lot of good people in there. They, they elected Hamas to be their leadership, even though a lot of their leadership, quote unquote, is living in luxury out in Turkey and Qatar and hotels, billionaires, and Egypt doesn't want the Palestinians. Maybe they, they'd probably take the land if they could, if they didn't have to take the, the big welfare case that they'd have to inherit too and and deal again with uh, Muslim Brotherhood terrorism that they had to deal with during the Obama years. So I, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they'll be bringing that Trojan horse back into their lives. Jordan doesn't have an interest. Lebanon doesn't have an interest. So really, Gaza's leveled now. Half of it's leveled. I guess, I don't know what Israel's going to do. They're going to level the other half of it. What are you going to do? Distribute tents to these people and have 2 million people living in tents? I don't know. But the United States, I know that the left-wing media tells you every day that we're just a country of sin, evil, Sodom and Gomorrah, hell on earth. I know that that's what the left-wing media tells you. But the reality is that in addition to the 1 million approximately legal immigrants 
We grant some kind of status to every single year, the majority a green card or some kind of permanent residence or a a long-term work permit or citizenship, the vast majority of whom are brown-skinned and English is not their first language, by the way, legal immigrants, one million a year. Point to one other country that comes close to that, please, every year. And then on top of that, we're letting in another 2 million plus illegal aliens per year because the Democrats, they have been projecting the bat signal. They've been projecting a few bat signals to the illegal aliens for the last several years to come into the country. So we are allowing people to come in from every country, right? The majority are from Central America, Venezuelans. We're getting a lot of Haitians, but we're getting people from everywhere because the whole world the third world in particular, is they're flying into Central America, they're flying into Mexico. And Mexico, as we know, is waving the flag, is uh, has got the yellow brick road out for all the illegal aliens. And the yellow brick road ends in Texas or Arizona or New Mexico or California, but mostly Texas and probably mostly Arizona. And so the United States, and by the United States, I mean the taxpayers of the United States, we do so much. We, we shoulder such a burden for the, for the asylees, so-called, and for, you know, out of the millions, I'm sure, yeah, we, we know they're coming here for a reason, right? I mean, you, you, Venezuela, Mexico, Nicaragua, Haiti, they're, they're not doling out welfare and food stamps and and free college and free cell phones and uh, free housing and free, 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 free. So the United States, we, we're more than doing our part. The United States is doing the work of, of probably 15 allies, maybe even more. I'm, I'm probably being conservative in in that figure. And so if when I hear a solution to Israel Palestine that isn't at at least the the countries in the region the sponsors of the religion of peace why they aren't opening up their doors. And and these are countries by the way that that the United States provides all kinds of financial aid to, including to our enemies like Iran. And they, for some reason, they're not opening up their hearts and their doors and they're, they're not welcoming in the, the Palestinians who they love so much and, and blame the United States for oppressing. So I'm going to leave you on that note. And the next time that one of your politicians tweets about Israel or Palestine, whether it's a congressperson or a city councilor or a senator, you can ask them, where is your tax cut? You're earning under $150,000. You need a tax cut. I'm Bronin. This is the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>